So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This season of For Everyone's Sake is brought to you by Carfection. Carfection, brought to you by FF1S.com. Terry State of F1 are the most talked about videos on the channel. Not only that, but Carfection on YouTube is the place to go for anyone who loves cars that are fast, expensive, luxurious, or just plain cool. Hey, what's that over there? Is that your dad? No, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> With what? his nice car. I'm just saying that young women that know men that have got nice cars are often old enough to be their dad. Wow. And it features the best-looking car content anywhere online. Hey, good-looking, what <laughs> you got a cooking? How about it's a Ferrari? Visit youtube.com forward slash carfection now. I'm starting my car. I'm starting my car. I'm revving the engine, I'm revving the engine, I'm going to YouTube, I'm going to YouTube, slash carfection. I've wrapped myself around a lamppost because I was using my iPad whilst I was driving my car, <laughs> driving my car. Mm. <laughs> carfection. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast, rumoured to be signing Sebastian Vettel for 2021. Who are we going to get rid of? Um, sorry, Phil. You've been made redundant once, is you? <laughs> oh. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that Lewis Hamilton calls disappointing, but not because we're racist. I'll take that. I mean, he hasn't. He hasn't called us disappointing. He doesn't know what a podcast is. And if he did, he doesn't know about this podcast. I'm G. Grez, and today, from our houses, we are not going to talk about the Austrian Grand Prix because for the first time this year, we have a race from somewhere else. But don't worry if you're confused. Max also got lost on his way to the grid it is the hungarian grand prix now joining me is a man who once again has no funny stories it is phil tromans i went on my indoor bike again i rode up a mountain shouldn't we be having stories about the amazing things about fatherhood she doesn't do much she's only six months old she's been she doesn't do much she's doing more than her father Her father is out of work and sitting in the garage on a bike most of the time. I'd rather hear about her having a shit. <laughs> I mean, 
She does that fairly regularly. She pukes a lot. And alongside him is a man who might be joining Phil, right? It's Terry Saunders. I've been ribbing Phil gently about his his being out of work, and uh, they just axed my department at the BBC. Oh, my word. Oh, no. Are you out of a job or, as well, then? No. Well, so far not. But um, Hang it's on. gone from being... That's well, not fair. You can't do that. I might be joining you, Phil. <laughs> Joe! So far not. So far, I'm told I'm okay, but... So they've axed your department but you're still there i think i'm director general <laughs> what have you been up to chica you still got a job i now work at sky oh what have you got a sky sports f1 gig and you haven't told us about it no but oh. i do get sky for free wow which is mainly why i got the job That's- so what are you doing i am working at sky news on the podcast Ooh. that's good is there some sort of cosmic thing in the universe where only two of us can be freelance at any point yeah so hang on are you working remotely or do you have to go because it isn't skylight in west london i have to go so far terry i have to it's cycle so far so far it's so far away i have to cycle to waterloo that's that's part one then i have to get on a train to scion lane which takes oh and my story was boring with you're talking about your commute <laughs> Now it's time to turn left, as it's a left-hander, and we follow you through the chicane and into the barriers. Yes, it's time for Listener's Corner, where you tell us what is on your mind, and maybe we read it out. Maybe. So after a shambolic display of anti-racism at the first race of the season, and a still shambolic display that we didn't even get to see at the second, because some footage of skydivers was played instead, it was third time lucky for F1 in Hungary. Surely this time they get the pre-anthem show of Driver Unity, right? Right? Paul Hinton said, that was a shambles before the anthem. Half the drivers were late, most standing in the wrong position. It's not like the drivers have to fight through the press and celebs on the grid anymore. Why can't F1 get this right? And how do they solve this going forward? Ryan Simpson said, I enjoyed Giovinazzi arriving late, then realising he wasn't wearing or even carrying his end racism t-shirt, then someone had to throw him one and he couldn't get it on. It was a shambles, wasn't it? Again. Like, how could that happen? How could that be such a mess? Bernie Eccleston is a massive racist, and he's still got control of the cameras from Biggin Hill. He's there <laughs> whilst all the Formula One people are in the other in Hungary. He's there with like a he's like got a gun to the vision mixer's head, going right <laughs> when they go to the anti-racism bit. You cut away, or I'll fucking shoot you. <laughs> or that is what he says. Is there another reason, Phil? Uh, just that they're not taking it seriously. It's quite True. a divisive issue. Uh, maybe they just all oh, they're thinking. Ooh, this whole, oh, this whole not being racist thing is a bit of a hot potato. <laughs> I don't want people to think we're not racist. Let's not organise this properly. You know, the fact that they've managed to organise Grand Prix around the world during a pandemic and they can't get all the drivers to stand in one place with the same T-shirt on. Well, not even getting them to stand there, just like having the camera on them for more than half a second. You know. Yeah. And no, Giovinazzi absolutely. though was amazing. Giovinazzi basically summing up his career there. <laughs> Not that he's not, you know, racist or anything, but just turns up late, not wearing the right stuff. Well, we can definitely say he's not the raciest driver. Uh, It's been an interesting week in Formula One racism. Uh, Did you hear the whole... There's a new uh, (laughs) T-shirt. The Andretti versus Hamilton versus Jackie Stewart debacle that went on this week as well. Which Andretti is this? Is it Mario? Mario, Yeah, Mario Andretti said... Ah, he's being too. Uh, Hamilton's being too militant. There's no problem," said the old white guy. And then uh, Jackie Stewart also said, "Ah, there's no problem." Like, there was no racism in my day. There are dead now. 
Oh, that was a hate crime. Um, <laughs> basically, Hamilton... Hashtag Ed Racism. This is disappointing, Lewis Hamilton said, which, you know, is hard to disagree with, unless, of course, you're racist, which lots of people on the internet are and have been. So in other news, rumours are gathering that Sebastian Vettel is about to confirm that he will be driving for Aston Martin next year. So that is racing point to you and me who are rebranding from 2021. The rumours say that he is going to be alongside Lance Stroll, which is a huge surprise when his daddy owns the team. And that Sergio Perez, who saved the team from bankruptcy just a couple of years ago, will be bumped across to Alfa Romeo. That could mean that Kimi Raikkonen, after more than 70 years in the sport, would leave F1. This is all scurrilous rumour, but lots of people who you normally think would have good sources are reporting it. Just so we're clear, where do you hear this first? Who was the first person to rumour that Vettel was going to go to Aston Martin? The first place, I don't know if it was the first to go, the first place I saw it was on Planet F1, but then it was no. also on The Hyphen Race, no. No. Uh, where it, it came me. from before that. <laughs> it was okay, me. my bad. Do you remember, yeah. I said this fucking ages ago, and everyone laughed at me as if Sebastian Vettel was going to go to Racing Point. I'm pretty sure all the dogs trust are going to owe me money from this one. You're getting so many dogs from this. Every dog called Sebastian is now mine. <laughs> well, he's basically saying he doesn't want to quit Formula One, but he's also doing an Alonso saying that he only wants to drive for a team where he can win. But only the only three teams that can win have said no to him. So he's shopping around. Renault have said no because they've gone for Alonso. So, it's, so really, his only choices are Racing Point, Haas... Or Alfa Romeo or Williams, really. So Racing Point's the best bet. I mean, yeah, Racing Point does seem... They've been doing pretty well, relatively well, so far this season. And obviously... With their stolen car. Yes. And they're going to have a a big old name slapped across their title uh, next year uh, in the form of Aston Martin. So there's a bit of prestige there as well. I could see it. It seems a shame for Perez, who... The team wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Perez doing his legal wizardry a couple of years ago when they were about to go bankrupt under Vijay Malia. And he sort of sorted it all out so that Lawrence Stroll could come in, as is my understanding. But you've yeah, seen a Lawrence gangster Stroll. film, you know, the, 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 he's the nice guy that gets killed and double-crossed. They don't yeah. care. No one and cares about Perez. That's the problem. No one cares about Perez. I don't dislike him. I just don't care. Apart from Mexican people, who's got a picture of Perez on their wall? No, <laughs> fair point. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Um, so, yeah, it looks like Stroll's going to keep his seat. Perez to Alpha, which seems a bit harsh. I mean, that's more of a punishment, isn't it? That's more it like concrete boots down the Thames, isn't it? That's what... <laughs> is that going to become being sent to Coventry, being sent to Alfa Romeo? Yeah. Be the, where's, oh, you know, where's Fredo? Oh, he's gone to Alfa Romeo. But don't forget that if Kimi Raikkonen leaves Formula One, they say that's the end of the monarchy. Sorry, that's Crows <laughs> and Tower Bridge. Same thing, same thing. When the Ravens Tower leave Tower Bridge. No, Tower, Tower of London. London. When the Crows leave Tower Bridge. <laughs> the Ravens. The wrong birds in the wrong place, but apart from that, when the, when the sparrows leave Blackfriars Bridge, Kimmy will find another seat, I'm sure. He'll never leave. Shit team news! And Ferrari has announced that it is restructuring its performance development department to try and make it less terrible. Without getting too businessy, the team had... The team was previously set up in a, frankly, communist fashion, with everyone getting an equal say in what the new car should be like. But Mattia Binotto's had enough of that what with the car being a big pile of crap and wants somebody to come back and be the boss. So now the performance development department will lord it over aero, chassis, power unit and other divisions. The man in charge will be Enrico Cardile, 
who has a background in aerodynamics. But Ferraris also says that we're getting Rory Byrne involved, who older fans may remember helped create most of Schumacher's most successful cars before basically retiring in 2008. Isn't it? This is the big comeback. Rory Byrne, Enrico Guardiola, some new management structure. This is going to sort it all out, isn't it? It's like when Patrick Head came back on a consultancy basis the other year and everyone's like, oh, Williams are back. And it's like, no, he's just going to get some money and fuck off. <laughs> Ferrari, oh, the freelancer's screwed. motto. <laughs> for, yeah, exactly. If, if you get a call saying you want to go back to your old company for a couple of days' daily rate, you go, yeah, right. <laughs> have some coffee, have a chinwag. The only problem <laughs> they've got is that their engine was cheating. <laughs> so, <laughs> unless they've got someone lobbying in FIA to change the engine rules... They're screwed. They yeah, I mean, they all, all they can do really is just keep developing the engine until it's a bit less rubbish. But everybody else is also doing the same thing. Did I read a stat somewhere that the lap times around Hungary were 10 seconds quicker than at the start of the hybrid era because the engines in the era have come on that much? Something like that, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Ludicrous. So, yeah, for Think how much shorter the races. Think how much shorter are boring races. Like... What's hungry? 70-odd laps. So that's yeah, like... What, what would have been an hour and 55 minutes, hour and 40 minutes now. Done. It's fucking great. Yeah, I reckon they should get could, the, the cars even quicker. They can get the yeah. races down to an hour, and we can get the podcast down to an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> New race news, and it's from that rumour, Milligan, because at the time of recording, no bugger is confirming anything, which is very annoying, because it looks like we're about to get at least two new GPs added in this year's calendar. Imola in Italy and the Portimao circuit in Portugal seem set for F1 glory, but don't get your hopes up about China or any of the North or South American races, but maybe Malaysia can make a comeback. Do you remember that year when they kind of changed the, the points and they changed all the rules to stop Ferrari and Schumacher winning? I think we're going to have a... It's going to be a Lewis Hamilton, you know, he's going to win nearly every race this year. So I think they should do everything they can to give him coronavirus. <laughs> so they'll be like, we're going to have a race in Brazil and another race in uh, New York and one in a hospital. <laughs> Florida and Georgia. <laughs> it's basically confirmed, I think, that we're not going to get any American races, north or south, uh, this year. But Imola, coming back. Killed out in Senna. Let's yeah, carry that's on what everybody remembers there. it for. But I was trying yep. not to go there. But yeah. <laughs> well, well, what else did it do? It it gave it killed Rodham Ratzenberger. Killed out in Senna. Gave Gerhard Berger a really nasty crash. And was as a Berger child, Barrichello wasn't it? And Barrichello. Yeah, Berger, Berger, well. Berger crashed there in 1989 with a big fiery crash. Oh and yes, I'd forgotten yes. And it's not in Italy, even though it is, which was really confusing to me as a ten-year-old. Yeah, San Marino, but it's not in San Marino. But it's not in San Marino, but it's also Italy, but it's not Italy. Yeah, so fuck it. European. Uh, what are they going to call it? European? They're going to call no, it the San Tuscan. Marino Grand Prix. No, because they're doing Mugello. It's the Tuscan one. So what are they going to call it San Marino? I don't know. Don't care. Um, Portimao, I'm really looking Portimao. forward to, because that is an amazing track. I don't know how good it will be for racing in Formula One cars, but it's Then it's not an amazing track, down. is it? You can't say it's an amazing track, but it might be rubbish. Well, no, but I haven't, I haven't seen F1 cars drive on it, so I what don't know. What have if, you seen if, on it then, Phil? Well, I've driven it around it numerous oh, times because really? loads of car launches happen there, and it's brilliant. It's like properly undulating, lots of elevation changes up and down all over the place. Calamity Grosjean News, everyone's favourite chef-turned-jobbing F1 driver, has had to apologise to Haas for suggesting that the team might not continue for much longer. Grosjean, who is out of contract at the end of this year, said that the elephant in the room over his future was that Haas may not continue to race. But Gunther Steiner was not impressed. 
I think his answer was the wrong answer. Fuck. Because he was asked what he's doing and he spoke for the team. You know, I don't think the elephant in the room is in his room. That's our room. That was nearly good that it went a bit Dalek. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it needs to be a bit more Werner Herzogish, I think. Anyway, we, we, get, the, we get the gist. So this, this is Grosjean putting his foot in it, basically going, oh, I've done it again. His contract runs out at the end of the year. People were like, are you still going to have a... Uh, are you, you going to be driving for Haas next year? And he was like, well, the elephant of the room is, is Haas going to be around next year. To which everyone at Haas went, the fuck are you saying? Shut up. Don't tell them Rather, the team's not going to be around. Everyone was going, well, we're just telling the team's not going to be around because we haven't got the heart. We can't tell him he's fired. <laughs> Look at his little it's face. Actually- we just pretend the team's going bust. And then next year, there would just be a Haas with an extra A and he wouldn't have been on the wiser. <laughs> Do you reckon everybody else at Haas, all the mechanics, all the everybody else has all got five year contracts and they just haven't told Yeah. Haven't told Roman. So in the canteen he's there going, Oh, it's a bit sad about it Haas going next year. Yeah, yeah, Roman, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Anyway, um anyway, at the time, gotta go, gotta go, because uh got to check my uh, stocks. And then he puts his lanyard down. Because it doesn't work. <laughs> Actually, Roman Grosjean is the kind of person that would turn up to work the next day and his pass wouldn't work and they'd be like <laughs> You know you're fired. And he'd be like, yes. Yeah, funny joke. Locked, <laughs> anyway, locked I'm out here. of his email. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, a bit of sad news and the death of Ron Toranak, who older listeners will know as one of the founding forces behind the Brabham team. He and Jack Brabham started the team in the early 60s and won two world championships in 1966 and 67. Ron later ran the F1 team after Jack retired and then sold it to Bernie Eccleston in 1972. He would then go on also to work with Honda and Arrows. Ron passed away in Australia at the age of 95. Yeah, very sad, but, you know, 95, not entirely unexpected. Uh, Ron Toronac was a bit of a funny chap. Uh, Basically completely emotionless, totally old school, took absolutely no shit, hardly said anything unless it needed to be said. Like me? Yeah, very much like the the Terry Saunders of uh, 1960s Formula 1 racing. Did a lot in in F2 as well. I was part of the Ralt team in that. And... uh, yeah, maybe not one of the absolute superstars when you think about, you know, the big designers and chief guys in F1, but um, did pretty well. Two world championships. Can't complain about that. So you can tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake. You can find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake, or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And thank you very much to all the lovely people that have sent us beer money this week. And we're going to start off with a sort of apology. Lance Robinson said, how about acknowledging my pint donation from more than two episodes ago? And then there's the emoji with the sunglasses and then the sort of smile. Sorry, Lance. I'd apologise on behalf of all of us, but in fact it was producer Matt's fault. And he's not here this week, so he can't cut this out. I have to come clean about something. Before every episode, I check on the beer money donations. Sometimes I swipe some of the donations for myself <laughs> and the intention is always that I'm going to put the pay beer, off the dog's trust oh. yeah, <laughs> I'm going to eventually put the beer back into circulation but basically those, those, that pint was just resting in my fridge okay here are the new ones Antonio Fellino keep up the great work guys love the pod even my wife likes listening to you guys and she hates F1 and now we have Stuart Vettel's biggest fan Suter who says, I am buying you beer as I watch the Carfection videos and Terry looks much younger and thinner than his voice made me think he was. I want to help solve that. Wow. That's interesting, Terry, because you obviously sound... Like an old fat guy. Voice. <laughs> I've got a fat voice. I think it's because 
when you've got the kind of wisdom that comes from someone like me, you presume that I'm going to be, you know, one of those fat, fat people. <laughs> <laughs> An old, fat, wise bloke. I don't know, maybe... It's maybe if he actually goes to the doctors, like maybe you can, maybe he can tell something like fat on my arteries that doesn't come across on camera. <laughs> it's, it's all in your, your, your vocal cords. Yeah. Uh, Thanks to Bryce Davies. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Jenny and Ralph Brynard. Even her indoors. Aaron Dulles. Thank you very much, Aaron. Or Aaron. Is he named after an airport? He could be. Heathrow. David Findlay. Thank you, David. Much appreciated. Paul Hinton. Oh, Thanks, it's time Paul. for Terry's beautiful South joke. Wasn't that the guy from the House Martins? <laughs> you can help keep us and our two-thirds unemployed, probably, asses and beer, when you go to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. And now it's time for the teams. We'll start with Mercedes. So with Hamilton resurgent last week after a shonky start in Austria one, Valtteri Bottas needed to be on his game to keep hold of his lead in the championship. Needless to say, Bottas was not on his game. So Will Bowen wants to know, how did Bottas not get a penalty for a full start? Don't give me all the crap about sensors and response times. His car was moving before the lights went out, so it's a full start. Do you agree? Yes. No. Yes. No. Oh. He moved so. before the lights went out. It was obviously a false start. I don't understand why he didn't get penalised for it. I mean, he sort of got penalised Let- in that he had a terrible start, but... He didn't go over his grid box line. I don't, I don't care. He moved. That's, well, I that's care. a false start. That's the rule. Because this he... whole tolerance bollocks is just that. It's bollocks. I'm, I've no yeah. time for tolerance. He started early because he was looking at the wrong lights. Bottas 3.0. <laughs> Then he realised he'd fucked up, so he stopped. And then by the time he started again, everyone else just started around him. I think he... Yeah, but no one else is allowed to do that, Terry. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if it the was a false start. You, you, you go along, you stop in your box, the bloke with the green flag walks past the back of the grid, then you stay. You, then you don't move until the lights have gone out. When the lights go out, you can move. If you move before the lights go out, it's a false start, penalty. But what if you move a bit and then you don't no. move anymore? No, not at all. What if you move a bit but then say sorry... <laughs> No. <laughs> That's fine. That's like manners. Only if it's I think, a written apology and your written apology is in before the lights go out. But when I read when I heard his excuse, I thought they had red lights on the dashboard that were the start lights. And apparently that's not the case. So what the no, fuck is he so. on about? What I think it's fu- just another random light on his dashboard came on. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Tire pressure warning, I don't know. He is broken. You saw his interview at the end of the race, he's just there going, you know. Like every year, he wins the first race, and then it's just like, how quickly can Lewis crush him under his foot? And it now turns out two races. Yeah, he'll, he'll get two or three more wins this year, and every time everyone's going to just ignore him, and he'll be like celebrating, and everyone's like, "Oh, what's the point, mate?" Do you have anything to say uh, about Hamilton? He's very good. Yes, so he's quite good, isn't he? He got he equaled Schumacher's record of winning the most races at a single track. <laughs> Eight? eight Hungarian Grand Prix and wow. Schumacher won eight French Grand Prix. Exciting. That is a good fact. Were all Schumacher's French Grand Prix at the same track? I believe they're all at Magnicourt. Mm. Um, yeah, um, Hamil- I mean, Hamilton was ridiculous. Just brilliant all weekend. Print. Ridiculous. Sexy. I mean, yeah, frankly, the way he drives, like, mm. 
very the way nice. he talks, the way he drives, the way he stands, the way, the he, way sits, he wears his hat, the way he Sexy. wiggles his balls in front of a camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's. I mean, you know, I'll be surprised if that's not it for the season. Now, that's what's going to happen. Hamilton is now in the lead of the championship. He's going to extend the lead of the championship. He's going to win the championship. Yeah, great. Ferrari. On a track where power isn't super important, the woefully underpowered Vettel finished sixth. Is it really that bad? Yep. Yes. Vettel yep. did they, as about as good as they could. Uh, Leclerc was on the wrong tyres and they kept saying... I mean, this was a good thing about the race, wasn't it? The fact they kept... Every team kept saying, oh, there's going to be rain in exactly four and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah. And no rain ever came. And weirdly, it was a, a rare example of a race utterly ruined by the rain because <laughs> nothing happened. They all just waited for most of the race to go, hang on, don't do anything. I've heard it's going to rain. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. <laughs> and everybody got it wrong. Yeah, I mean, Vettel the- actually had a fairly reasonable race in his shit car, but they he lost a load of time in the pits because he sort of he came in and they changed him and then there was just like the rest of the field going past him in the pit lane and they just had to keep him there. I think he had like a 10 second stop or something. So that knackered him a bit. Um, mm. And Leclerc was meh, but they got their strategy all wrong. Was it their strategy? Yes, and the car being shit. Yeah. Do you think he'll move? Who, Leclerc? Yeah. I don't know where he'd go. He's still quite young, so he can he can probably ride this out. He'll do a couple of years at Ferrari, but you know, but the thing is, he, okay. he signed that big five-year contract, but all Ferrari drivers, like you know, Alonso, Vettel, they will get pissed off eventually. So I think he'll do two years... And then he'll go to either a Mercedes or Red Bull or something. Oh, geez, that. I um, bet one right. of my dogs called Sebastian. <laughs> Red Bull. Max Verstappen is looking like the only person that can stop Lewis Hamilton from running away with the 2020 title. But he almost torpedoed his chances by slithering into the wall on his outlap before the race even started. Ellis Piddock said, what kind of a dozy knob crashes on the outlap? Oh, yeah, Verstappen. Did well to finish P2, but was hoping for a DNS. Jason Birkinshaw said, It's a proper schoolboy error. Red Bull mechanics deserve a big fat bonus. They saved the day. Was it something like 24 seconds left on the clock? Is Jason Birkinshaw a Red Bull mechanic, do you think? He might be, but he's right. I mean, yeah, I think when we saw Verstappen slither off, we were like, well, he's screwed that in, hasn't he? Because it wasn't like he'd just sort of ding the wing off and they could replace it. He'd broken his suspension and the steering and stuff. And somehow they managed to change it on the grid before they had to be off the grid with, yeah, with about 20 seconds to spare. I have two questions. Sure. One, how can you change huge parts of the car on the grid and not have to start from the pit lane? And be social distanced. And be social distanced. (laughs) Well, they're in their bubbles, so that's fine. Um, oh, yeah. I would guess, I don't know, but I would guess that there's leeway if you've got damage as opposed to you're changing the setup. I think if you're changing something that's damaged for the same piece, then that's okay. But if you were changing the settings, like if you put on a different piece or you put on something in a different setup, that would not be okay. They did very well, but secondly, did anyone else get the impression that Max Verstappen doesn't know any of his mechanics' names? <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't strike me. Of course, as, he doesn't. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would be staying behind afterwards to strip the car down. But yeah, he's just like he kept saying, "Oh, thank you to all those um, what are they called mechanics who <laughs> did my bidding because that's what they're there for." And my dad always tells me that the mechanics are scum. So well done, <laughs> you've done what you're supposed to do, you fuckers. 
and I bet because all the mechanics, like everyone keeps saying, "Oh God, he should give him, he should buy him all a drink or get him a present," you know. And it's just like I think Verstappen's going to do not. All the mechanics will get a present, and it will just be like, "Here's a five pound book token." That'd be a signed photo of Max Verstappen. Oh yeah, that'd be what it'd be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be an unsigned photo of Max Verstappen. It'll just be <laughs> yeah. a postcard of Max. No, it'll be it'll be a picture of Max Verstappen signed by Joss Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he did manage to get going and then actually got second and beat a Mercedes. I mean, it was only Bottas, but still. Mm. Pretty impressive. Not bad. And Albon. I mean, he's not... Well, Albon had a reasonable race, uh, but as he'd had a terrible qualifying, he could only finish fifth. What happened in qualifying? He was crap. And I think he was 13th, was he? He, was, yeah. he didn't get through to Q3. Yeah. He just he couldn't get up. a handle on the car. And then he, he bitched didn't. about it to his... Uh, he was like, guys, I told you, don't put me out in the middle of traffic. Yeah, well, he's got a point, hasn't he? Well, I don't actually know if they did put him in traffic or he was just using that as an excuse. But, um, yeah, he was helpless. Oh. It wouldn't be the first time that somebody that isn't Verstappen's come into a Red Bull and found it difficult to drive. So maybe it's... Has well, it has come everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> what? Terry. <laughs> I don't even know what that's in reference to. You saying you're the first rental driver that's come into a record? <laughs> is this the level we've stooped? To? Oh, Grow up. What are we talking about? Of course it is. is this that's the three, it's three races on the trot. I've run out of things to say apart from drivers jizzing in their cars. I mean, you know, his race was all right, but when you start 13th, and you've not got a Mercedes, there's only so far. I mean, even Bottas couldn't get. Is that an old Chinese proverb? <laughs> yeah, sure. McLaren. Oh, well, McLaren's resurgence couldn't last all year. Lando got what he called the worst start of his life. And Sainz had a bad pit stop and only got ninth because of the Haas penalty. Was Austria and also Austria too a fluke? Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, they're different tracks. Well, Austria wasn't, but um, Hungary... I think think they just basically dropped the ball a bit this weekend. Lando did have a really shitty start. Went from 8th to 13th on last one and stayed there. Science, 9th to 9th. But more shitty pit stops. Yes, science well, is fucked by a pit stop because, last because time. of the whole because of the whole diving into the pits to because oh there might be rain or oh there isn't rain or whatever the hell was going on, everybody pitted at the same time, so loads of people came in and then were stuck as all the other cars trundled past them, of which science was uh, was another one, so uh, it's probably one to forget for McLaren. But we yeah, did have good. that thing of Lando uh, helping his mechanic strip down the car after the race. Bullshit! And said, oh, he's a Aww. nice boy. Bullshit. That is nice. You don't believe it? You think it was staged? Do you reckon it was just... Photo op. You reckon? Well, it worked for me. I thought he was a dog. Do you reckon he'd know what he's doing? No, he doesn't know know what a nut is. (laughs) (laughs) He's no Terry Saunders. Yeah. If I was there, I'd just be taking bits off the car and just putting them in a little bucket and go, there you go, there's the bucket of stuff. (laughs) Thank me in the morning, guys. See you in Spain or wherever's next race. Where's the next race? (laughs) Britain! Is it? It's the, it's the seventieth British uh, Armenian Grand Prix. <laughs> That's definitely what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, I had an idea for a T-shirt. What? I went to the British Grand Prix, but all I got was this lousy seventieth anniversary Grand Prix T-shirt. That doesn't work. Next. Racing point. <laughs> After a legit second row lockout in qualifying, the pink pretenders <laughs> kind of <laughs> faded in the race. 
The fourth and seventh is normally a strong result for Racing Point, but this year, shouldn't they have done better? They should have done a lot better yeah. because they have got the second best car. All the other cars have crashed themselves out or having shit engines, and somehow they ended up fourth and seventh. That's bullshit. I mean, Stroll qualified fourth, uh, qualified third, finished fourth. That's not bad. For not bad, Stroll. but he should have finished on the podium. Yeah. If that yeah. was Perez, Perez would have finished on the podium, and as proved by that, Perez finished seventh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well, he, yeah, he had a rubbish start, Perez, and also had a fairly shonky qualifying. He caught, uh, qualified behind Stroll, which has got to be embarrassing. But he said um, he was feeling unwell. Perez I mean, was if you're, feeling if you're, dizzy. If the person you're behind when you're Lance Stroll, the only people you're behind is Lewis Hamilton, best driver in the world. Uh, Max Verstappen, one of the best drivers in the world, and Valtteri Bottas, reasonable driver. Who is, in a, very who is good a driver? Car. Who yes. is a driver in the world? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but has the world's best Formula One car. He can, I think he can probably be fairly happy with that. I think he's fairly happy, but Perez, on the other hand, that is Shouldn't a be. that is a kind of drive that would send him to fucking Alfa Romeo. Well, maybe that's what decided it. Not that it's decided as we record this, but it probably... But he said he was feeling dizzy. What driver finishes qualifying and says, I feel dizzy? It's going round in circles. Wanker. Alpha Tauri. Kvyat didn't fall foul of the penalty that screwed up the race for Haas. Was this because the Alpha Tauri engineers are on top of the rules or are they just not talking to him? <laughs> we haven't talked about this yet, have we? Well, it's very odd. So there's a rule that says you can't coach your driver's and somehow changing tyres on the formation lap is coaching your drivers. So Kvyat said, can I change my tyres? And the team just refused to answer. <laughs> which could be to do with this rule, which everyone's saying, oh yeah, because of the rule they knew it, and that's why they didn't full standard. But I reckon it's more like in the morning Kvyat had finished his engineer's milk or something. And he was like, can I pit? And he's just like, mm, I'm not talking to him. Could you tell Daniel that uh, he can pit on the next lap? With that rule, though, could could they just not say if say he said, "Can I change my tires?" and they were like, "Oh, we can't, we can't help you." But then could they not just say, "Next lap, come in and change your tires." Well, once the race starts, they can say whatever they like. It's the formation lap where they're not allowed. To, basically, the rule says something vague and stupid like, "The driver must drive by himself without any aids." Not that kind of aids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to move on. From this. Um, I think and we apparently, just leave te- apparently, answering your driver if he wants to change tyres counts as aids. And oh, Phil, I'm, I'm not making the rules up. That's for the FIA to do. Yeah, it's a silly rule, but you know, rules are apparently rules. And as we'll rules talk rules. about more when we get to Haas. Hey, sorry. Well, first, let's do Renault. Someone has to Renault are due to. Should we talk about Gasly Ren- first or no? Nah, Gasly was very good, but his engine went next. So Renault are due to win the championship this year, um, but for that to happen, they are going to have to steal a Mercedes in August. So we had Ocon in 14th and Ricardo in 8th. When you say Renault were due to win the championship, wasn't this the year of their wasn't this the year of their plan where they said by 2020 we'll be in a position to win the championship? Wasn't that uh, their whole pitch at coming back? Ah, maybe they're playing the long game. And yeah, I'm holding you know. them to it. Let's not let them forget that they said this year they were going to win the championship. Look, we're so. only three races. Still, there's still time. Exactly. Yeah, we're exactly. only three races in. We've got we've got a, seven or more races left to go. 
Probably. You're going to look really stupid, Terry, yeah. with this joke. When Esteban Ocon's waving that championship trophy around. <laughs> yep. I will be the first um, to bring him a dog. <laughs> but on the face of it, the car looks a bit shit. And mm. uh, strategy wasn't brilliant. They kind of missed the pit window a little bit and went backwards. Mm. Sorry. Alfa Romeo. Kimi got a penalty for being in the wrong place and Giovinazzi stood in the wrong place for the anthem. Baby steps, guys. Uh, they are proper rubbish this year, aren't they? I'm not quite I sure mean, what the Kimi penalty was. So, Kimi had his worst ever qualifying in all of his F1 career. How long has he been in F1 now? Ever, ever. Was it 2003 or 1? Or so? it's a long I remember, because it, it was still in black and white. Yes, that's right. And he... Um, of all time, this is of, of all time. The, the, in terms oh, of where right. he's qualified on merit, he was last, without any penalties or anything, for the first time ever. Um, and then as he came round to line up on the grid, he went in the wrong grid slot and got a penalty for it. Uh, it might be because both the horses started from the pit lane and he just got confused and didn't know where he was supposed to go. But honestly, this is fair, you know. Well, he is old. basic stuff. Yes. Maybe he felt dizzy. His eyesight's going. Could have been, <laughs> uh, could have been contagious. Uh, sure, that's fine. Um, I'm pretty sure we're also, older than him, aren't we? I think he's older than me. Oh. I could be wrong. Oh, Ooh, oh that's sure it. No, 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 no. He sounds older and fatter. No. <laughs> <laughs> no one sounds older and fatter than you. <laughs> Look him up now. Is he older than me? He is older than me. What? Oh, he's when older you than you as well, Terry. When was you born? 17th of October, 1979. Oh, the old fart. Wow. Yeah, well old. Um, Voice like a child. Granddad. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, also, so they, they fucked that up. Uh, they've got a shit car, and uh, Giovinazzi's not very good. Williams! So after a weekend where Williams once again got into Q2 in qualifying, Wes Paul Stops asks... How did Latifi end up on five laps down? I know the car is rubbish, but that is a new level of slow. Well, uh, well, well. Latifi had quite the race because he had a properly good start. Like for a start, both of the both of the Williams got into Q two, which I don't think mm -hmm. has happened for like two years at least. Um, and Latifi had an amazing start and ended up tenth uh, and stayed there for the first three laps. But then he pitted, got released into the path of science, crashed into him in the pit lane, damaged his car, got a puncture, came in, got that fixed, drove around with a damaged car, then had a spin as well, and basically it just all went to shit from there, and he ended up five laps down. That's such a shame. It is a shame, isn't it? Yes. Mm. He didn't have a great weekend. Did you see that interview with him? Uh, <laughs> where he was, he was asked by Johnny Herbert during an interview, just wrapping up the interview, saying, oh, can you say something in your own language now? Clearly because he's Canadian, they thought he spoke French. And he said, I don't speak French, I only speak English. And I said, oh, okay, very sorry. And he went, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then he turned around and walked straight into his uh, pit gantry and uh, oh. nearly fell over. It's pretty funny. Which makes me like him. <laughs> yes. I like a clumsy F1 driver. <laughs> he's like the modern day Taki Inui. <laughs> Uh, and Russell Guys. was uh, also there as well, but didn't have... Basically, they qualified all right, and then hey, went a bit crap. Well, the car I is the car is not fast. Okay. It's not as fast in the race as it is in qualifying. Hmm. Surely that's the drivers, though. Well... The car. Sort of, not really. Okay. Um, Matt's not here, so we can say Hass. Hey... 
just has, 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 has. Kevin Magnuson tried to start the race on full wets, but somehow coming into the pits for sensible tyres was the mistake. Uh, Phil, can you explain the penalty, please? I mean, we've basically explained it already. It's about AIDS. Uh, they, Stop talking uh, about AIDS. That's what it says in the rules. It says they're not allowed AIDS. Uh, they basically oh. had a conversation about whether they should come in and change tyres. And you're not allowed to do that. And they did. And it actually worked out really well for them. Because uh, they ended up getting a point in a car that, frankly, has no right getting a point because it's rubbish. Uh, Magnussen drove right. really well. Still got a penalty, but still ended up in 10th. Came in in 9th. Got a penalty, ended up 10th. Gunter Steiner actually said that his uh, that Magnussen's drive was almost perfection. And uh, Grosjean helped by holding up everybody behind. <laughs> but can we actually talk about the thing that no one seemed to pick up on is why the fuck was he on full wets when the track was clearly not for full wet? <laughs> it's like when you dress up for the for the rain with all your wellies and everything. All your wellies. All your wellies, <laughs> your raincoats. Not enough. Yeah, that does seem to be what happened. They were they had all their wellies on when there was just a little bit of drizzle and it had stopped. And uh, yeah, but you know, taking that out of the equation and the fact that they didn't know the rules about what they could talk about. Kevin Magnuson drove well. And now it's time for the standings with Terry Saunders. And now back in his rightful place, taking a knee for racism in first place, it's Lewis Hamilton. And in second place, taking a knee in the stomach, it's Valtteri Bottas. In third place, taking a knee in the barrier, it's Max Verstappen. In fourth place, taking all the knees on the last lap that run out this week, Lando. In fifth place, taking a beating, it's Albon. In sixth place, taking some milk of magnesia to help with the dizziness, it's Sergio Perez. <laughs> Seventh place needs the rain, needs with a K, that's Charlotte Clerk. And in eighth place, paid a classmate to take the knee, it's Lance Stroll. Ninth place, taking a knee to the pit crew's throat, it's Carlos Sainz. And tenth place, we'll take any knees offered next year, it's Sebastian Vettel. Eleventh place, taking a shoey. God, do you remember when shoeys were a thing? That's a long time ago, isn't it? Ricardo doesn't. No. In 12th place, taking the piss, it's Pierre Gasly. In 13th place, taking the fifth, it's Ocon. In 14th place, what's the opposite of taking a knee? I'd like to try, it's Giovinazzi. And in 15th place, the old joke returns, it's Soviet Russia. Knee takes you, it's Daniel Kvyat. <laughs> and for the constructors. So this week at the Hungarian Grand Prix, all of the teams and personnel were confined to their hotels. So I thought, if the teams had a hotel room, what state would they leave it in? Mm. <laughs> So, in first place, it's Mercedes. They've got a penthouse. They paid for. Never even used it. They've booked too many, but they got so much money, they don't care. Uh, Red Bull's uh, room would be left with Mike Tyson and a tiger. Uh, McLaren's would just be a minibar full of milk. Um, Racing Point would just have pink paint everywhere. They've just dredged the room with paint. Fifth place with Ferrari. They'd be fine but then they complain about somebody's trying to get a refund. In sixth place, it's Renault. It's that type of American motel with a prostitute next door and a pool outside with Ocon and Ricardo sharing a bed to hide from Cyril Abitibu. They don't change out of their racing suits and when the cleaner knocks, they hold each other tight thinking, this is it. The door opens. <laughs> Hello, says a Latino voice. It's just the cleaner, says Esteban, looking up at his elder. Come in, says Danny Rick. The door opens and shuts again. It's dark. Hello, says Danny, his shoe filling up. Is he wetting himself? He looks down to see a carbon fibre shank sticking from the side of his leg. He looks behind him. Fernando, I knew it. <laughs> That's sixth. In seventh place, it's a travel lodge with towels on the floor. It's what they want, but it always feels wrong, doesn't it? It's Alpha Tauri. In eighth place, all the TVs have been left on and are playing that Kimi advert. The remotes are all missing. It's Alpha Romeo. <laughs> and in ninth place, Grosjean shat in the shower again. 
It's Hass. And now time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. So, as discussed, Haas and Alpha Tauri found themselves on either end of the odd technical directive about coaching drivers. Haas called theirs in to stop on the formation lap, but Kvyat, begging the team to let him come in, got stonewalled. Who was right? Well, Alpha Tauri were technically right as they didn't get the penalty, but no one was covered in glory here. How can a rule exist that has two teams doing the exact opposite thing? Is saying pit for tyres because you're on wets, Kevin, and it's not raining coaching, or is there a rule against stating the bleeding obvious? Well, don't worry, I have a solution. Either you don't let the drivers have any contact with the pit wall, or you accept that driver coaching is going to happen one way or another. I've often begged for all race data and comms to be cut so the drivers go out on their own and have to manage tyres and engines by field and not pit because in 20 laps the computer says the car's going to break. What if it doesn't? What if it doesn't break? Why can't you just believe in the car? But whilst we are where we are, the FIA do have it in their power to get funky, and this week's debacle showed me the way. From now on, each driver should have two race engineers on the proviso of one twist. One can only lie, and the other can only tell the truth. So whenever there's a call, both the engineers give an answer, and the driver has to work out, you know, make the driver think a bit while he's going around the track. I think it's genius, as ever. <laughs> I like it. It'll mean that the people that have to sort of snippet the um, the uh, the audio things and put it up, and now have to subtitle it as well this season, uh, I don't, I reckon the work to do. I reckon that's machine learning. You reckon? I reckon that's Amazon's cloud putting the words up. <laughs> I mean, they can't even get the racism thing right. You reckon they've got people automatically transcribing? I think they should let Amazon deal with the racism as well. <laughs> <laughs> and now Amazon Data Services says that this is the average colour of a driver. No, Amazon! <laughs> that was the State of F1, brought to you this season by Carfection. And Terry, what can we look forward to this week? Well, if you go on the Carfection YouTube channel now, which is youtube.com forward slash Carfection, you'll see the video that wasn't unanimously hated that went up last week about camera angles. Yeah, somehow they finally got it. Uh, Well, some of them did. (laughs) Some of them did. Some people definitely didn't get it. So I did a thing. We we retooled the beginning to make it obvious it was a joke. So I did a little little intro saying I used to be a comedian, but I retired from being funny, which is clearly a joke (laughs) aimed at people who think I'm not funny. And one person in the comments said, oh, I'm not surprised as a comedian, he's not very funny. It's a good job he retired, because he's not funny. Uh, see why he didn't... Go-. And he's just like, oh, fuck off, you... <laughs> anyway, this is the advert. I'm not allowed to say... <laughs> <the advert. laughs> anyway, so next week, there's another one going up, which is going to be about radio, which I think will be more hated. Okay. okay. I have confidence in my work. Find the State of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online. That's youtube.com forward slash carfection now. That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the fact that McLaren looks like they've got a new sponsor and it's a big one. It's golf. Well, the sport golf. No, golf. G-U-L-F. Like the big Brilliant. gap between them and Mercedes. The oil company. Golf that was McLaren, a good the, joke. The, the, F1, the F1 Le Mans car. The, the yeah, 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 but that was a good joke. And goodbye to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about um, a government health warning, which is by the time this episode goes out, you will all have to wear masks in shops and corridors and coffins and <laughs> other places without 
doors. So, if you need to buy a mask, where do you want to go, I hear you cry? Well, you can go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. And now you can buy FF1S branded masks. Wow. Do we have one that is basically your beard? That would be terrifying. 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 So we're going to be back next week to discuss the British Grand Prix in Britain. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. Follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Thanks for listening. See you soon. I've been Jiggy Ryers. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.